Hello, hello, Heather Jean here, Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast or vodcast, depending on how you're you're uh, viewing this or listening to this. So Confidence Through Cabaret, the podcast is about all things confidence. And that means that we talk about our personal life, work life or stage life, whatever your stage is. Uh, and my guest today, we will definitely be talking about work life slash uh, stage life, but but mainly stage life. Um, so have you ever feared being in front of a camera? Have you ever feared being in photographs even? That was me. I have very few photographs. Of, uh, uh, when my children were growing up, I had very few photographs of me in them. I was always behind the camera. I just couldn't face the camera. Uh, and then going online into a business means that you have to do lives, you have to show up. If you're going to do podcast recordings, if you're going to be in other people's groups, those are all times when you need to be on camera. But even if you don't have an online business, you will find that you need to be on camera somewhere, whether that's on Zoom or whatever your, your business is using, uh, or you know Google Hangouts, whatever that is. Um, so you you need to be able to be comfortable on camera. And that's what this episode is all about. This is confidence on cameras. So if you are watching this on vodcast on the YouTube channel, you can also listen to this anywhere you get your podcasts on Confidence Through Cabaret. And if you are listening on Confidence Through Cabaret podcast, you can also see a video version of this on vodcast on Confidence Through Cabaret YouTube channel. Check out the vodcast playlist. There is also a uh, Confidence with Coffee segment, which is kind of a summary and, and me giving my own thoughts. Uh, so check that out as well. That's Confidence with Coffee on the Confidence Through Cabaret YouTube channel. So on with my guest. I'm so excited for this. I, I, I've wanted to do this episode for a very long time because I think a lot of us, even if we are on camera a lot, we kind of cringe when we think about being on camera. And it is something you get used to, but it's also something that you need to keep improving and developing and keeping up with all of the technology, uh, which is which is my whole, the bane of my existence. So today we are joined by a professional video uh, and podcast editor who is a motion gra graphics creator. He's an artist and he is one of the Confidence Through Cabaret co-pioneers. So if you have seen our videos, if you've seen, uh, listened to our podcast, if you've been on anything that is kind of online content other than text or, you know, uh, written, then this person will have been responsible for some of the pre and or post production. So I am really pleased to be welcoming today the amazing Adrian Spencer. Hello. Thank you. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, can we edit in some applause, please? <laughs> what was that? The hands going up in the air. I don't I will, know. I will, I will put in some like uh, applause track, yeah. <laughs> Some sound effects. Yes. So, how are you? I'm really great. How are you? I haven't seen you for ages. Good. I yes. know. Who made that amazing intro of yours? I love that intro, by the way. You love the intro. The intro yeah, was made by uh, an incredible um, uh, techie person uh, mm. who is a video and podcast uh, editor and uh, motion graphics creator. And oh, it is our yeah. second. Is that our second intro? The the, the music. Second intro, yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I love what you can do with just the intro and the outro. And I think, I mean, it's something that 
that I use for everything. So whether it's mm. a live or whether it's pre-recorded, I use an intro or outro that you've created. Mm. Um, so let's start with that then. If you mm. do, you need an intro and an outro. I think I think we've sort of talked about this a lot with a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or techpreneurs or whatever they want to call themselves. And I think that you don't, don't feel like you need to brand your video straight away. I think what's really important is that you start. So don't worry about your logo. Don't worry about what kind of fonts you're using or colors. I think people can use this as an excuse for not starting. Like get the podcast up and be consistent. What's really important is you're producing content every week. So um, yes, at some point you will need to be, I'm sure a lot of you watch YouTube videos, you'll need to be branded and it will need to be slick and it will need to be consistent but don't worry about that when you start just get the content out there so so yes it's not it's not the first thing that you need to do because you could spend a lot of time worrying about that and, and really you know as i said three times uh, what's really important is that you start broadcasting yeah yeah actually funny you say that about three times um because i've run presentation skills for for corporations uh for decades now and uh you, we are supposed to tell people things three times Okay, that's a coincidence. I just tend to repeat myself. So that was yeah, no, it, it's it's something that you know. A lot of times we're self conscious when we're on camera, right? It's really mm. strange that we can have a uh, a conversation with somebody or you know or, or some bodies, and we can you know be articulate with our ideas, and we don't have to repeat ourselves. But mm. when we're presenting, we do have to repeat ourselves. So there's a there's a um, uh, what what they call the the news uh, format, which is tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, and then tell them mm. what you told them. So it's kind of like yeah. an, a little intro to it, and then the the meat, and then the the summary of it or the the recap of it. Um, yeah. So it is actually important because people do zoom in and out, and particularly now, I think our attention span is a lot less than it was. There's so many yeah. distractions. Yeah. People have their phone beside mm -hmm. them, and they have notes as I do, and you know all kinds of things going on. So yeah. it is important to tell people things three times. Yeah, I think if you're teaching and lecturing, that's the, that's the process too, isn't it? Like you have to, yeah, the sort of a, what do they call it? Uh, plenary, you know, you write on the board and then, and then you explain what, the, what you're going to be teaching and then at some point you sum it up. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think, I've forgotten, you were also a teacher. <laughs> I'll teach as well, yeah. Of, of, of all of the, the, the video oh. family. Yeah. So you can tell I'm not the techie person, right? <laughs> The stuff. That's oh, fine. The stuff is, yeah. The stuff. Things and stuff. That's how I talk. Things and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I like what you're saying about, you know, not having branding because that was one of the things that I kind of freaked out about. Um, and I was so lucky to have you to be able to add those things afterwards. So it, it appeared that we, we pretty much always had those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. I use StreamYard. I'll put the affiliate link in the show notes because uh, StreamYard for me was a savior. Mm. And so you created the little mm. logo. There's a little confidence through Cabaret logo um, because it's a paid version of StreamYard. Uh, if you have a free version, you can still do this, but it'll put the StreamYard uh, logo in instead. But adding- and Did you find, yeah, sorry. Did you mm. find that there was an advantage of StreamYard over Zoom, for instance? Well, the thing is with Zoom, it doesn't allow you to be branded. Right. 
Right. It it has a lot of other facilities. For example, if you're running webinars and you want people to go off into little rooms, you can you can put people in breakout rooms for smaller group discussion, which is great if you have a large group. Um, I find that StreamYard is better if you've got a group, uh, not a huge group, then you can leave everybody in the waiting room. So that means that they can see you and and because I set this up, I can see them, but they can't see each other and they're more likely to leave their cameras on right. because it's just me and them. And that doesn't help me a huge amount, but it does show me if I've asked a question that they're typing, I can see that people are typing. And then that, that means that I pause a little bit longer. Um, yeah. On Zoom, I find that people you know, don't, don't prefer to have their cameras on a lot of the time. Yeah. So it depends on what you want to do with the tech. Um, you know, Zoom has, has a lot of great, you know, kind of sharing facilities that are probably a little bit easier. The main thing that I find besides the branding for StreamYard is because it was made for gamers, it holds the Wi-Fi signal, even if it dips, even if the signal dips out. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, so so I find uh, that's what made me look at StreamYard was because I tried to do a live Zoom in somebody else's group, right? It was all set up and promoted. Three times I got cut off of Zoom and I started right. to look like I was pretty incompetent because I'm trying to run a masterclass in their Facebook group and I just mm. couldn't run it. Uh, yeah. And that's never happened to me with StreamYard. I've had I've had some tricky times where it just wouldn't hold the signal, but that is the signal. Like if it's long, if it's if it's more than you know a, a couple of minutes, it will cut off because mm. there's no signal. Yeah. But yeah. I find that StreamYard is much more consistent for going live or for recording and not having to edit those things together. Yeah, and that's a very good point. I think it's important to say if Zoom or StreamYard scare you, um, just get your phone and prop it up on the bookcase and record straight to YouTube and put it up. If you don't have a guest, just talk to camera and put it put it straight up, you know, and then worry about streaming and lives and, and groups later. But it's, it's, it's important that, you can't, that you're comfortable just talking, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's certainly where, where we started was, was just in, you know, social media and doing lives and uh, or, or recording things and then and then posting them. Um, and, and YouTube is great for that. I always say to people when they want to start a podcast, just start YouTube, like just start recording yeah. a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, as you said, you don't have to worry about editing at that point. You just need to get your content out there. You know, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, it helps if you, and again, what I started with in StreamYard was having somebody in the waiting room that I was talking to because mm -hmm. of cabaret.com speaking of we have a branding uh branding yourself your personal brand uh, masterclass so go check out confidence uh but uh with that i had somebody in the waiting room that nobody can see so i had somebody to talk to that gives yeah. me a little bit if, otherwise you're just you in the little green light mm, yeah which is scary which is odd i think for a lot of people yes it's very true yeah yeah so let's talk about okay so we've talked a little bit about like you know just just get out there and get and get started with it and and the yeah. fact that StreamYard, like all the banners and all the colors and everything so easy to set up i'm not even kidding mm -hmm. i i'm the person that accidentally makes instagram accounts when i'm trying to log into my own uh so i'm not a techie person 
no comment, no comment, Adrian. I know, um, but I, I, so I'm not a techie person, and Streamyard is just so user friendly. So again, I'll put I'll put the the, the link in there, um, and if you have any questions, I am always happy to um, to to chat through uh, how I went about it um, from a really you know basic level um, to, yeah. to learn Streamyard, and I'm still learning on it because there's so much to it. Let's talk about setup otherwise. So mm -hmm. let's talk about like. So you're talking about even if you've got your phone mm -hmm. and you're yeah. going to talk into it, what should you be thinking about in terms of the setup? Like the, the I think in terms of setup, um, the, I've got this background here that's relevant to what we're talking about. So this is my edit suite behind me. You have a very, very plain background. I know that you often have, um, I can just see in the corner, this is mirrored, I can just see in the corner there, um, a heart. Yeah, there we go. Um, so <laughs> lovely. I love sequins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a cabaret podcast. So things that are relevant to cabaret will be important to put in the back of the shot. A plain, clean background is nice as well. Think about, I happen to be by, I mean, my lighting's not great here, but I'm by a window on the right-hand side and I have a light here on the left-hand side and I have a light above me. Light's really important. I know you have a ring light. They're relatively um, inexpensive. So get yourself a ring light because there's nothing worse than people not being able to see you when you're talking. So I think lighting's the first thing you should think about. And um, people use their laptop, I'm using my laptop now, or their phone, or some people have a desktop computer with a camera on it. So really obvious thing to say, but don't hold your phone, have something steady to put it on like a tripod or prop it up on the bookshelf or use your laptop. Nice, steady, clean shots, not too busy. I mean, this is, this is busy because this is what I do, but, but, but just make it clean and simple. And as you progress you know you will see that actually your backdrop is really really important so a lot of people on, on youtube have quite elaborate backgrounds that relate to their personality and what it is they're trying to talk about so gamers have toys well i have toys here as well gamers have probably see i have a racing chair and gamers have toys in the, in the background and ambient lighting and all that kind of thing and you don't need that stuff but as you have things that are relevant to what you do and what it is you're talking about but, but you know first and foremost what's really important the difference between an amateur video and a professional video or a corporate video or a film is nice, clean, well-framed shot with you know bright lights, you know, nice ambient or bright lighting. I think it's really important. Yeah, and I have considered because I don't have an overhead light where I am, which makes it a little bit more of a challenge. So I've just got a lamp, which I like to leave on. Mm. It's quite warm, even though you can't see it. It just adds some warmth, and, and I feel better about that. Um, yeah. And I do have a window. Sometimes I need to record in the evening so I don't have the sunlight. Um, I have considered things like box lights, which are, mm. you know, you can get really small, inexpensive ones now, which do either side of your face. I've got a ring light coming straight onto my face which just kind of evens out the light and you can change it with different filters, um, you know, so I can have it more blue or more gold or, or whatever. But, but I have considered, you know, kind of having box lights as well, which give yeah. you that evenness on either side. And I know a lot of people use that, which, which is great for production value. One thing's a very good tip if you're on Zoom, if you're on a Zoom call is, um, now I've got two screens here, but even if you're working on one screen, if, you reduce the size of the zoom window and put a white background on your computer that reflects light back from wherever the light is. So the darker the background on your computer screen, the worse image, because that's reflecting light onto you. The light's bouncing back onto you. So if you use a, a clean white, white background, then you have a, like a brighter image. 
So you would just, so you would just reduce the, you would just reduce the, see, this is where my techie bit comes in, not, uh, you, so you would just re reduce, so you wouldn't have your image uh, of in full, you just have it, yeah. you've got a white kind of frame. Exactly. Okay. Well, and then that, there's more light on your face. That happens on StreamYard as well. Um, and it is very difficult when you're running uh, a StreamYard camera because mm. you've got you've got banners that you can use and you can add people's comments onto the screen and things. So you kind of can't have, I don't have this, this um, imagery full screen right now. Yeah. And there is a lot of white screen around it. A lot it. of white, but exactly, yeah, exactly that. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I think, you know, just just kind of thinking about when you're using a phone, I, I do have a tripod. I don't use a phone. For, and I also have a little very small, probably about four inch by four inch uh, uh, ring light. It's it's actually a block mm. that I take with me that, that I can stick onto. Like if I'm recording in my car, for example, I can stick that onto the window and it gives me a little bit more light as well. Yeah. Um, which works really well, and I think I paid like ten dollars in Canada for it. So you know, yes, yeah, yeah, perfect, yeah, absolutely, and it's rechargeable. You don't need to plug it in. But I think um, when you think about being on your phone, if we, if one of us was on our phone, we would have kind of a full um, re upright rectangle, and then we'd have mm. a phone, yeah. and there's a border above and below. Right. Which isn't as good a shot. So I'm not saying don't use your phone, mm. but when I see things, I, I, I'm looking at properties right now, and some of the some of the real realtors or estate agents use their phone to take pictures of the rooms, and mm -hmm. it, they're very narrow, small photographs, and it's much harder to see okay. than if they used right. a camera. And you so can. Are they, that's a good point. Yeah. So are they filming in? So are they filming in portrait? Or are they not filming in landscape? Yeah, another so film. Suspect, yeah. Okay, so that's the that's the question is if yeah. I'm if I'm going to use my phone to do a live, should I make yeah. sure that it's in portrait? Yeah. So that if your phone is if you the orientation of your phone is landscape, then it's the same as the image I'm now seeing on my laptop. So you've got more space on the screen as opposed to what you were talking about, which is the portrait screen. So we should use So you should use it in landscape. Use it in landscape. Okay, that's yeah. good to know. That's good to know because I never do that. I never think of that. I just I'm used to holding my phone. I hold my phone. Right, exactly, which most people do. Right? Yeah. So if you can, there, you can get um, sort of a, a clamp that will hold your phone in place because that's it, there are there are lots of stands. I have one here. Um, there are lots of stands you can put your phone on, but actually, what you want is a clamp that holds your phone so it's in landscape orientation. Right. Okay. That's good to know. That's good to know. Okay. One more thing about setup, uh, and I didn't start with this but I do have one now, is yeah. about sound. So how important yeah. is the microphone? Because a lot of people go out really set up a podcast and then they drop it after three months and then they've spent all that money. Yeah, so sound's really important. And, and you know, they say in sort of cinema and television um, sound, it, it is as important as the image, which sounds like a really obvious thing to say. But but if you can't hear what people are saying, you're kind of finished, really. It doesn't really how good the visuals are. Sound's really important. I happen to be wearing um, earbuds, um, I'm not using the mic on the laptop because that would be a lot of ambient sound in quite a big room. That's a, a quite a hollow sound and it would pick up noise from, not that there's anything happening in here, but it would pick up noise from around the room as well. So I think, think about, um, you don't necessarily have to buy an expensive 
pair of earbuds or headphones or a microphone and a mixing desk and all that kind of thing. A lot of people do, and it's a visual as well. So a lot of people talking to you on YouTube will have a mic in shot. Um, it, that's partly a visual thing, but but think about sound a lot and there, there you go. Uh, pop shield and microphone. Yeah, perfect, perfect. So that's, I think, a really good setup. Um, earbuds or headphones as well. Um, try to avoid using the mic on the um, on the phone or the laptop or iPad or whatever you use. Yeah, think about yeah. that. So, so yeah. And again, I just used my my mic on my laptop originally because I didn't have anything else and I didn't yeah. want anything else because I really didn't want to be on camera. You can put a big microphone kind of there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I use, uh, if I'm recording myself, I don't mind if, if my microphone is in shot, but I don't. Yeah, a lot of people do that. Yeah, I don't prefer it if I'm, like, if I'm talking to you, there's, we're in fairly small windows, so mm. I don't really want to clutter the shot. No, no, that's true. I think it tends to be people just doing a piece of camera that will have a mic, you know, there that you can see in shot. I think if, you, if you're talking to someone, that's kind of rude, isn't it, to have a mic there as well. It may, really makes sense, yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, think, yeah. So, so think about getting, as I say, not a particularly expensive mic when you start out, but think about sound. Yeah, and all we did for my mic was just look at the Amazon reviews <laughs> and find yeah, them exactly. yeah. well reviewed. And and obviously the um, advantage of wearing headphones is you can hear yourself back and hear the, the presenter back as well, and so that's kind of useful. So I don't have earbuds. And I have tried using earbuds, um, you know, borrowed earbuds, and I, I didn't find it, it worked for me very well. It wasn't comfortable. Yeah, and then when one of them fell out, then the sound didn't work. It, mm, it didn't, yeah. it didn't, it, it just, it just didn't work for me. And I, I'm, I'm so, and I, sometimes I'll wear the big ones if there's, mm. if there's an echo. Is there a way to predict whether there will be or not? Um, so the way that most laptops, iPads, phones, whatever tablets work is that um, once you connect them to the device, on some of them it will default to a mono signal because there's a microphone and a microphone and a speaker effectively in these, and it will. Um, when you're listening to music, you listen in stereo, so it cuts out the mic. And when you're talking, uh, the mic is used, and you get a mono signal. As far as a feedback and echo. That's a good question. I've never encountered that personally. I'd, I'd have to, I don't, not sure why there'd be an echo. Uh, it may be that, I don't know, I would be guessing. I'm not sure. I've never yeah. had it with recording, like, you know, recording right. for podcast or YouTube, but I have had it with lives many times. Um, yeah, this is an edit point, I'm cutting this out. No, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have had, and I, and I say that because I mean, you you your your um, profession is is much more about pre-recorded and and so on. Mm. But but for me with lives, I've come unstuck several times. So I always have a pair of headphones, even though I don't want to wear them. I have them next. Mm. To me. She says I don't have them next to me, but I normally do. Yeah. That's because I know I know I'm with you. I know you can take <laughs> this. But um, but I do I do typically put a set of headphones in case when I'm live anyway. Mm. Then then if there's any kind of echo. And I don't know oh, if you that... mean that, um, is, so is that happening when you're using your laptop, you mean? Yeah, so if I'm using my laptop and I'm on, uh, you know, Instagram Live or, or Facebook Live, then a, a lot of times that, that echo will happen. So that, that, that may be, you, you must have, I'm sure, you know, all of your, your, your viewers will have listened to the radio and heard somebody being interviewed 
and heard the journalist say, could you turn your radio down, please? Because there's a slight delay. There's a m milliseconds of delay. And if they've got their radio on and the radio is playing the channel that they're being interviewed on at the same time, there's an echo because there's, as I say, a few milliseconds delay. It may be that because you're, and this is why people use headphones, it may be that because your mic on your laptop tablet is quite close to your speaker, it might be that there's a slight delay, there's a latency maybe. So that's why it's best to use the headphones because you don't you don't get that. So, yeah. Right. Okay. And that, and that's actually an, another thing that I have made the mistake of doing very early on uh, when I've been recording is is keeping Facebook open in the background, and right. it, every time there's a notification, it, it dings. And Absolutely, some yeah. will do that. And, I, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll, I, so now what I do is say, you know, we're not on social media today. Could you shut mm. your social media so that we don't yeah. get things? Do not disturb is a feature on, on most platforms, isn't it? So you can just turn off all those annoying dings and uh, notifications. Um, and that's another advantage of wearing the headphones. You won't hear any of that. Pinging going on. Yeah. Okay, is well, that you will you will hear it, but the person you're talking to won't. Okay, that's yeah, that's interesting, and it won't be on the recording or on the live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, see, I didn't know that. This is very, this is uh, very useful. This is this is tip number one. <laughs> no, this is, this is I have lots of tips here. Um, I have lots of tips. Uh, yeah, because I've got I've got like half a page of notes already here. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about during. So, should I be looking at you because I can see you kind of in the middle of ish of my screen? Because as we've yeah. already talked about, we don't we don't have that shot uh, fully maximized. Mm. So, should I be looking at you on my screen, which is the middle of my screen, or should I be looking at the little green lights? That's a really interesting point. I, I'm I'm looking at you, and you happen to be on the left of my screen. I don't know what my eye line looks like because when I look away, obviously, I can't I can't tell, but. I think it's really unnatural to look at the camera when you're talking to somebody on um, Zoom or StreamYard. So I always look at the, the actual image. It means the eye lines are a bit odd sometimes, but I don't, and I don't think most people would be comfortable looking at the lens. They need to look at the person that they're talking to. So yeah, always, always, always look at the person that you're talking to, even if it, it, the eye line is odd. Right. Okay. Because I'm used to looking at my green light because I record okay. myself a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I do try and look at my green light because I can see okay. my guest right below it because you're on my right. So I can see yeah. my guest right below it. Um, okay. So it's so interesting. Yeah, I find that disconcerting. I need to see people when I'm talking to them. I don't like, you know, like it, as I've you know, said to you many times, I don't like phone calls because I can't see the person I'm talking to. And I think I would find it odd to be talking to the green light rather than talking to you. So, but that's that's just a, a preference yeah yeah and it's and, and it's interesting because um where <laughs> when you think about where to look it's it it's really obvious if you if you're uncomfortable so it's wherever mm. you're comfortable is what you're saying yeah totally and I, you know you, you'll notice on television on, on the news if somebody's being interviewed they don't look down the lens because they're giving the impression they're talking to the journalist so they took they look to the left of the camera or they look to the right of the camera but they don't look straight down so it's, a, it's, it's that kind of side shot. Um, but because they're not, it's a different situation, but they're not, it, it, it's the journalist who's telling you what's going on, they're being they're, um, interviewed. They therefore need to look like they're talking to a person, not that they're talking to an audience. Um, I guess unless you're you're doing kind of the, the whole, you know, whatever, what's it called? Unless you're reading the news. <laughs> unless you're talking to the at-home audience. Exactly. 
like that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah, you used to work at the BBC, didn't you? I, I've mentioned that. Have I mentioned it before? You have mentioned the BBC. A couple of times. A couple of times. I did. That's how I started. Well, I started in the theatre, but then I worked at the BBC. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, being, I mean, the theatre is a whole different thing. But again, you, you know, they would be thinking about acoustics because the theatres were built for that. Mm -hmm. And they have yeah. sound techs, if, if not. Uh, they would think about the set to create the ambience, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and then they would be thinking about, you know, reaching the, the back of the house and mm -hmm. making everybody feel included. Um, actors on stage kind of, you know, don't face each other because then you only mm -hmm. get approached the audience right so they yeah and what yeah and what's interesting about being on stage especially if you're a n nervous person you might think well it's not a nice thing to do but actually uh, uh, because the lighting there's lighting on the front of the stage there's lighting in the you know, uh, grid you can only see the first few rows of the stalls so you're playing to like a void you know you can't actually you can hear people but you can't really see anything so there's no eye, eye contact it's disconcerting sometimes if you do and at concerts, you know, you can actually see people. But on the whole, you're just playing to this kind of mass, to this, to this void. So it's, in a way, technically, it's easier than what we're doing now because you're not really playing to a single person or group of people on Zoom or, or stream. You're just playing to the audience. Yeah, and it actually, it's one of the things that, uh, that we learn as cabaret performers as well about looking to the, the, the front of the audience and then raising our gaze to kind mm -hmm. of straight straightforward which would be kind of the middle of the Absolutely. audience raising our gaze slightly higher which appears yeah. like it's the back of the room and it's exactly. it, it, it's 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 a really key part of it you can see nothing uh, you know mm. cabaret there's some sort of spotlight and you better be standing in it unless unless it's part mm. of your act and exactly. so really you're quite blinded um mm. and i i've i've um performed with you a few feet away and i just yeah. i can't see any of you you, you can't know? you can't actually see people no you you would be surprised the number of actors who get nervous on live television because um they're faced with a presenter and a camera that is like this one that's clear they have the green light on it or red light that's clearly live who are used to single camera dramas where it's a room full of technicians and other actors but their focus is very small and also i know a lot of actors say that they love the theater but some don't like that void that they're in some like the intimacy of filming um you know everybody has different different preferences is the short version of the long-winded thing i'm trying to say yeah, yeah and I, you know i i work in in uh, in in my corporate training conferences i use actors quite often and mm -hmm. there are a lot of actors that can't do that kind of work um partly because a lot of them haven't had you know kind of corporate business jobs before so they don't mm -hmm. understand the, the, the speak with a pace to it um yeah. but even if they have worked in you know businesses they a lot of them they're very close to their audience and they and mm. there's no anonymity to it at all either neither yeah. from the camera nor from the distance of their audience and so when mm -hmm. they're very close then you know they're quite vulnerable and they use kind of, yeah. as they're kind of almost their bodyguards you know that i'm going mm. to protect them and, and look after the audience treating them with respect. Yeah, I find that very disconcerting. On the occasions that I've acted, there are some performances in the round. So you do, you're in with the audience pretty much. And there are performances where for some reason there's a concept that, that, that you walk out during the interval amongst the audience. It's not something I like at all, because for me it breaks that, you know, there's a, a like in the better commons magic there, and it sort of breaks that. And it, it's either that you've got to be in character throughout, or there's something about the distance between you and the audience, which is, you know, uh, pleasurable almost that isn't when you 
and I can imagine with business acting as well, the fact that you might be in a brightly lit room and you can see everybody. It's such a completely different yeah, totally. experience to acting theatre. So let's bring that back to uh, being on camera because we're talking confidence yes. on cameras here. So how does that play to how do you play to your audience? If you're on Zoom and you've got mm. several windows, should you be yes. doing that same thing of looking around? I don't think you should. I think that's a really interesting point. You know, it, it, it on a group of, I don't know how many people you have on your, on your uh, StreamYard calls, I think you've still got to be talking to one person and in that case, talking directly to the camera, which is what you know, you're most comfortable doing rather than, I think it would be odd to see your eyes darting around the screen, really. So yeah, just talk to the camera because obviously that's, yeah, represents whoever you're talking to. Yeah, and I, I mean, certainly on Zoom, because you could have, you know, hundreds of people on several pages, um, yeah. you and they could all be on camera, you, it would look yeah. quite shifty if you keep shifting. You, you, you would look odd, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're In that case, you're like a television presenter, you're just looking straight down the barrel, as they say, yeah. Right. Right. Okay. And certainly, when you know, if we if we come back to Streamyard, the audience, if they're if they're not on the camera, because you can only have I think it's ten or twelve people on the camera with, with us, yeah. say, then then that would that same thing would apply. But if they're all in the waiting room, they're on the bottom of the screen. Okay. Um, yeah. So you would be looking down, and that that isn't so great because if you're mm. recording it and you want to use it later or whatever, send replays out, you you'd need to raise your gaze again. And, and I think, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, think, that's think, cool, isn't it, of looking? Yeah, I think that only makes sense if the people watching, you know, uh, the, the broadcast have had a visual representation of what you're seeing. So sometimes at the conferences that you watch, you'll see somebody standing on the stage and they have a video wall and there's lots of people on the, on the video wall. That makes sense. If you can see them looking to the right and looking to the left, talking to people, you understand the space they're in. But if you have no understanding of the fact that it's a grid of people, you looking around the room doesn't doesn't actually make any sense. So it's all kind of context, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah, and I guess it's what you're doing with it as well. For my ma for my masterclasses that I that I do online for for free, I don't send out replays. I I right. want everybody to be there in the room experiencing. So it's a, it's quite a different thing because there's not going to be that record of it, and I'm not going to be sending it out as part of my branding. So mm. I was thinking about seeing them and not yeah. so much seeing you know how that's going to appear exactly okay let's talk and a little yeah sorry go yeah no, i think it, it's all really a really simple focus and that it has to be intimate so don't think about the number of people watching or don't think about the grid of people it's just you focus on the you know you focus on the person that you're talking to i used to work in i do remember starting to work on live programs in children's television and they were a saturday morning program and they were hugely popular and i had a, a, a moment where i thought Oh, millions of people are watching this. And you have to let that go because it's not the point. You focus on what you're doing in the moment. You don't, it doesn't, it, it's an abstract concept anyway, but it, you could get, you, you could lose yourself in that kind of, oh my God, you know, millions of people are watching. But that's not the point. It's it's what's happening in front of you. That's the, the point. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, and that actually was, was what I was going to say when I, when I said, let's, let's move on to the next bit, because I think, uh, it's quite different recording a podcast or vodcast it's than it is doing a live. Now, mm. for a lot of us, we have to do both because if, you, if you're going to have a podcast you're, or, or even your YouTube channel, you're going to want to promote it somewhere. So you're probably yeah. going to do lives somewhere else. So for most yeah. of us, going live is a reality. 
um, mm-hmm. which which makes the next bit not so relevant because you don't get a chance to edit. But when mm-hmm. you're recording, then you can edit things out. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about editing. What should no. we we not edit out? That's a really good question. So um, I do a lot of corporate editing and a lot of the time um, the idea is that there is a quite specific, quite precise flow to the way that, that, that those podcasts or, or the films that, that we make have to be edited. So as a whole, and, and I'm not treating clients like some kind of uh, amorphous mass, this thing called clients, but oh, everything's just gone off. Um, but um, editing out bums or stumbles or pauses is tends to be the way that most of those professional you know videos work because there is I think a feeling that you want to well not feeling you want to give the impression that the people that are you're, you're listening to know precisely what they're talking about and they're imparting quite uh in this case kind of financial information to you and so what I'm doing these ums and ahs and pauses and stumbles have to be taken out sometimes they like the flow of it if it's more of a casual conversation but um, a lot of the time I am closing up gaps between what people are saying and even taking out breaths sometimes and stumbles and ahs. And a lot of the time, to want to the public, it doesn't happen often, but towards the uh, end of the podcast, if there is a moment where somebody, it sounded like in, in a question or an answer, somebody kind of was grasping for an idea, like I've been doing for the past 30 minutes, um, they will tighten that up or maybe take it again. Um, I know that, that you prefer the more natural flow of what's of the way that like we don't edit those moments out at all ever um you know unless it's something like StreamYard hasn't started or or, or the, the the intros come in and then it keeps on playing or something like unless it's something like that we don't we don't edit out stumbles and pauses at all um what's what's your feeling about that kind of flow well so first of all the reality for me is that i do lives right i i just did um five days of of uh, challenge in in our facebook group confidence recovery it's really distracting sorry it's really distracting <laughs> it's just really distracting in the background the, um, oh the yeah there's like there's like the old-fashioned tv tennis yeah, going on screens yeah. uh as a screensaver uh, i i'm actually more distracted by the fact that your background is now dozens of pictures of me which freaks me out but anyway let's yeah. not go there because i am actually getting better with having the pictures and i what's what i'm i think for me being on camera um just slightly go, going off on a diversion for a second being on camera like in photographs like group photographs i'm still very uncomfortable with and i would rather mm. not be in them but i have a lot right. of regrets now of you know i don't have very many pictures of me with my children and you can mm. you can create those. I also don't have very many pictures of me at the time looking young, which I didn't realize or appreciate because now, you know, but anyway, let's not go. That's not, let's not go into major therapy. Yeah, you would, you would, you would, you would be surprised the number of actors that don't watch the films that they're in. Like a lot of famous actors do it. Samuel L. Jackson, I've never watched a film I'm in. That there's, and the, uh, Larry David, the producer, right, actor Larry David was the first person that actually, because a lot of actors say that and, and, it sounds like they're grasping for a compliment. It sounds like they want someone to say, no, you're wonderful. But actually he said, the reason that I don't watch it back ever is because I know what I was thinking. So you get the performance. I get all the anxiety, but I don't ever see it. So there's no point, you know, um, yeah. So I don't watch back any of my performances uh, for a significant amount of time. Mm. That is because I need to have some distance from it. I Absolutely. really say yeah. that 
as I intended for it to go. And that yeah. is how I choose to store that information in my brain. Because yeah. if I store the information in my brain about, oh my goodness, I messed this up and I didn't do that, mm. should have done that and all that. First of all, the audience didn't know. So that I don't know. No, exactly. On myself. But second, yeah. I think um, when, we, w when we store the information, it's important that we store it as a positive. And then that mm. means that the next time we're faced with that, we're not thinking about, oh, I always mess this mm. bit up, right? Exactly. Because of course, that's an embedded command to your brain, and that will make us do that again. Um, and yeah. then eventually that becomes you know, repeated behavior and, and a habit. So I don't watch those things. I watch them in my mind about how they were intended to go. And it is yeah. quite a significant amount of time, like months mm. and years before I will watch it back. And then when I watch it back, I go, it was nowhere near as bad as I was expecting. Actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought. That's a really good tip, actually. Yeah, very good tip. So yeah, I yeah, wait. Yeah. now watch my own, uh, you know, when I record a masterclass, I watch it back because I, re mm. I, create the, I don't create the workbook usually uh, before I record. I recreate it after uh, mm. because I then if things come up, then I can include them in the workbook. So I'm quite comfortable now watching myself back. But and same with like seeing those photographs behind you, uh, which I'm ignoring. Yeah, but I but I can see them quite detached. They are mm. branded images. They're not me. Do you know? And yeah. that's quite a different thing. Um, yeah. And that's the same with Samuel Jackson. If he was to watch himself, he would be watching himself as the movie character, not as himself and that's, yeah. that's a real skill to be able to detach from that and that just Absolutely. comes from practice yeah exactly very good point so that's a good tip and i think to your point if you're teaching lecturing if you're if you're producing master classes or workshops it's important for you to watch it back because you need to know that that, that effectively you've you know that the information given is correct you, your presentation style is you know you need to know that that's working but then beyond that I think your, your your tip of wait a few months or you know, however long it is, because you will then see it in the way that everybody else is seeing it. You won't. It's not the anxiety-inducing moment that you were having. So yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then and then it's important to store that in in your brain. I I learned this from my NLP um, training, mm. and uh, uh, you know I I think when we I, I, comedians are very good for doing that and I, I actually taught my children to do this as well um so when they would come off of the cricket pitch having you know got you know been been uh, I, I was gonna say struck out but that's baseball but you know what i mean they, mm, they're yeah. out, right? if they're at bat and and you in cricket you only get one chance right it's not like mm. baseball where you're gonna you're gonna be up again in, in an inning or two so when when that happens, then of course, then they go, I'm useless, and then they reinforce mm. that. So I'll before yeah. they have a chance to do that, I'll say, okay, sit down and picture how that should have gone, how how perfect that shot was intended, mm. and program that in before yeah. you allow any other thoughts in. Um, I know I know a lot of comedians do that. I know for a fact because um, the person that. I uh, learned my NLP from worked with very, very famous people, Eddie Izzard, Barbara mm. Streisand, those kind of people. Mm. Uh, yeah. And that was the programming that they took them through. So, um, but coming back to editing. So first mm. of all, because I have a live presence, then mm. don't worry about it so much. And that's how we got off on, on thinking about watching yourself. Um, mm. I also don't need the, the editing done for the ums, the likes, yeah. the 
the watts, all of those kind of things. I am well aware that I do those. And mm, even yeah. when I'm teaching people for presentation skills, as long as there isn't that sense of it's distracting that you keep saying those words, mm. a word that you constantly repeat, then it becomes distracting and people start counting yeah. that or whatever. You yeah. Know, as yeah. In corporate, but uh, as long as it's not distracting, it gives you a chance to pause. And I've said this to you before. Mm -hmm. I talk fast, especially when I get get going. It's like going downhill. I hadn't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I, you know, I want I want to have that pause, but that also lets my audience have a breather as well. Now, I understand mm -hmm. if you're giving financial or legal or those kind of things, mm -hmm. want to be an absolute authority a bit precise. Yeah, zero yeah. doubt yeah absolutely yeah. i don't believe that for me that creates a doubt mm. it no it doesn't at all no. that i'm thinking about what i'm saying and because i'm mm. an expert and i think out loud i don't need to think about it inside of my head i don't need to yeah. prepare a script i the first time i think about it consciously is coming out of my mouth so that gets me into yeah. a bit of trouble. but uh i think when we take that moment to say ah uh, and consider what we, where we want to go that gives our audience a chance yes that's and that true. makes them yeah. think ah you're considered in it because yeah. i've been told a lot of times it doesn't seem like you're really thinking about it did you write it down or you mm. know are you bsing or whatever you know and i'm it's absolutely not but those little fumbles if you like mm. those stutters can really add credibility in in my yeah. context anyway yeah yeah very good point. yeah so, so what else about editing have you, you found uh well so okay so i don't like editing and i will <laughs> that's basically it yeah yes uh and i find quick time player far easier than iMovies. Sorry. yeah right so so for me quick time player works really well to yeah. just trim a clip or to take out a chunk Sorry, um, sorry, I'm going to pause. Sorry. Okay. So I, I can carry on with this though. So I find when I when I replay the video, so it's downloaded. I replay it. I go on to the time player, and then I do Command T, which brings up trim, and I can trim it to the that I want. And so that'll be an edit point. Yeah. Well, it doesn't need to be an edit point because we're doesn't need to be. confidence through cabaret. I mean, usually Chase, my dog, is climbing across. This is true. Now and covering the whole yeah. screen, I don't edit any of that out because that's yeah. life and how it works. And my office is in my home in in for confidence mm -hmm. cabaret. So, yeah. uh, well, usually, uh, yeah. sometimes it's at events that I'm running, but who knows? Uh, yeah. But I think you know those those are the realities, and we're we're a lot more forgiving of those things now than we ever were before COVID. Mm -hmm. I was just talking about that, you know, trimming uh, like a clip or taking a chunk out. Um, I did try editing on YouTube. I messed it mm -hmm. up completely and then it's permanent. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. then I had to take it down and upload it again. And I, I didn't in the end, I just thought, okay, fine. Then that chunk can be missing. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. so I don't do it that way now. I do it on, on QuickTime Player and I don't find iMovies. I know a lot of people find it super easy. I know my children when they were 10 found it easy, but I don't. Um, so I find yeah. it a lot easier. So I think this is sort of an important conversation. Um, so you, you use QuickTime Player, which is you know free, effectively it's bundled with the computer. 
Um, and a lot of uh, YouTubers use Final Cut X, um, which is a step up from iMovie. People use iMovie. I use Premiere. Um, don't get wrapped up in which piece of editing software is the best piece of editing software to use because it kind of isn't that. It, obviously, it's important later. Um, but fundamentally, you know, start and you can, as you've said, you can cut and you can trim things easily in QuickTime Player and get them up onto YouTube. Um, YouTube, I think the conclusion that we came to with the YouTube editor is probably duplicate your sequence first because it's most editing is non-destructive. Uh, I don't, I haven't used YouTube. I suspect the YouTube is destructive and therefore you're kind of stuck. What you've got is what you've got. So duplicate your sequence first before you edit on YouTube or try to. Yeah, or download it and then do your editing and then upload it again. If and then it, upload it again. Yeah. That seems to work for me as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, there is something that I learned from you a long time ago, which was about, you know, in the shot, if you're in the video, if, if you, this is obviously going out on audio as well. So it, it doesn't matter hmm. so much because it's just as long as the sound is good and the, you know, there's yeah. flow. But if you're on video, then, uh, sh so my head shouldn't be really big compared to yours or really <laughs> I was tiny. just going to say the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. That, that as a shot doesn't make any, any sense at all. That's perfect. So that level, just draw a line almost, that needs to be the same. And the size of the shot needs to be the same. The, the, you know, where we are within the frame needs to be the same as well. I'm so, trying yeah. to raise myself up now, but I know. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be exactly, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense if one person is, their face is filling the frame like that yeah so so think about that shot and i've seen a lot of some people depending on what they're doing um they will do a piece of camera on their desktop and it's quite a wide shot you know famously there was a shot on the bbc where the um the guy who was talking to camera his uh, daughter came in into the shot and then his his wife came in and tried to get the daughter out of the shot and you know you know so so you can kind of avoid that and as you said chase tends to dip his nose in sometimes which you can't avoid but but these types of shots are obviously better you don't need to see the whole of the room no and that's the beautiful thing like you said just to have a plain background or relevant things in the shot and then yeah. and and then try i do actually use that tip all the time so i let my podcast or vodcast guests uh, or my, or even masterclass guests, I let them set up their shot how they want to in terms of their size yeah. and, and so on. And then I try and match that. So if they match close, it, yeah. I move closer so that we're a similar right. yeah. or in a similar position. Yeah, yeah, those of you who are comfortable editing and it's a bit of extra work could increase the, in, in post, you could increase the size of one shot. That's quite a lot of work. It, it makes sense to do exactly what you're doing, which is just to do it right in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And even even the, you know, we've, we've done a workaround so that you don't have to add the intro and the outro because we can upload it to YouTube and then that can be, uh, you know, exactly. so the, we're, we're as quickly as possible trying to reduce some of the post stuff. Yeah. And certainly yeah. when you're live, you can't. Mm. Yeah. So when you're live, should we be going back in then and, and adding things in or should we just leave it live as it is? I think leave it live, live. I think leave it live as it is. I think your solution on StreamYard, which is to take the QuickTime movies, to take the intro and the outro and effectively play them in, because you have that function, you have that ability to play in footage, I think it's perfect. Um, but I think I think we're talking about editing now, and I think as the sort of little editing after you've after you broadcast live as, as is humanly possible, because I don't think there's any point. If people have seen you live, why would you then give a uh, uh, edited trimmed version to the uh, uh, replay audience you know 
yeah, yeah so you've got what you've got really else you know if you wanted that mm. footage that might be that might be a way to go but they're, they're yeah. really for live it's it's already out there exactly exactly that yeah yeah that makes sense so um there are lots of editing platforms but but don't at this stage if you're starting out and i assume most people who are watching this will be starting out don't don't worry about that too much um certainly the the, the kind of more expensive complex programs you don't you won't need them now no and i think you know there are a lot of uh podcast editors out there uh who are great who can look after your podcast for you completely mm -hmm. they'll even do mm -hmm. the social media package and so on and that's great but make, make sure that you are aware of your the brand that you want to put out there and mm. that and then let them know so if you want your ums and ahs in there because you're perfectly imperfect then then leave those in you know but you need to tell them otherwise they that's might a make very good point yeah any good engineer editor producer will work with you and understand your brand and understand who, who you are um there might be if you're paying somebody to Put your work together they might just take it away and do it and hand it back to you and that's no good so so think about that doesn't it yeah well adrian spencer i have a few questions yeah. for you uh oh okay if you were performing cabaret oh. and going on stage what kind of cabaret actor would you be doing so just if you're new to confidence through cabaret I, um, uh, among other things, but the simplest definition for me for cabaret is that it is in a venue with a small audience. So it's very intimate. You, you, you're very connected to them. And we've been talking a lot about that kind of uh, setup in, in this episode. But, you know, so that you could be singing, you could be dancing, you could be doing burlesque, you could be doing comedy, you could be doing any number of things, but in a small venue with a relatively small audience, not in a large, you know, theater mm. or Albert Hall kind of thing. So, um, so you could be performing cabaret acts in a huge venue, but it's not cabaret as far as, as, as I think of it. So what kind of act would you be doing if you were performing well, uh I have an advantage over all of your guests, A, because I've heard this question many times, because I've been editing it, and B, because we actually talked about it. So, And um, I found yesterday, I was in the gym, and I found the, uh, the um, piece of music that I suggested for this performance. So, you know, I haven't performed burlesque ever. I thought, well, let's, let's, let's not make it complex. Let's do something really simple. And the concept that we came up with was that I would make coffee on stage. That was basically it, that I would be a barista and and we'd think about the kind of costume that i was wearing and 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 occasionally throughout this performance i i would realize that some because the audience the great thing about cabaret is that you have an incredible audience there and they react to what you're doing and so occasionally people would would react and i would turn around and look at the audience is what we we're talking about before and then i'd carry on so it would be this 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 almost kind of dadaist kind of surreal performance where i am just simply making coffee on stage so that would be absolutely that, and that would be my piece I have seen people make. I've seen. I've seen a performer make whale sounds. That was their act. I've seen people do all kinds of things. And and the thing is with cabaret, what's so beautiful about it, and and what's so wonderful to connect with the audience is that you're telling a story, right? So mm, exactly. your music and and that and that's really relevant to what we've been talking about today, right? That whole mm. kind of the setting the scene and then and then telling your story um in in a in a way that makes some sense or or purposely yes. doesn't make sense if that's your if that's your narrative but exactly. it is about sharing that message and so you would be you would be talking about you know 
making coffee, but it wouldn't just be about making coffee. It would be about no. where are you? It would be exactly. about why are you making coffee? There would be a whole backstory to it, which may or may not be evident to the audience. Um, playing the music in the background now. Playing, there you go. There you go. Okay, so what <laughs> one prop, besides all the coffee making equipment, what one prop mm. do you want to have on mm. stage with you? And does the prop have to speak to who I am particularly? No, the prop could be anything. I just want to rule out like coffee machines and coffee grounds, yeah. okay. and mugs and that kind of stuff, because that's obviously going to be part of your act, right? But what, yeah. what, would, what would you like to have on stage with you? So do, do most, I'm going to ask you a question. So do, do, do most people choose a prop that makes them feel comfortable or a prop they can hide behind maybe, or just, just you know, what's the, what's the idea? Well, so that's the interesting yeah. thing is that, uh, I don't set a limit to that. So I had somebody mm. say a pen because it makes them feel okay. like a like a barrier to the audience, which a lot of presenters yeah. do, right? They'll have a pen. Mm. And the problem with that is, of course, then they shake it and it reminds everybody yeah. of being told off. But um, yeah. they'll have a pen because it feels like a barrier. And it might be like a pen so that they can write on a flip chart or something, which is what I mm. often do. But the problem is then we click it or we play with it, or we fiddle it in our fingers or we point it. And so, uh, but but a lot of times why we're holding that is is it is a barrier between us and the audience and it gives us that space. Mm. I've also had somebody say that they like to have a coffee mug, which a lot of people use mm. as a prop now, right? Because- Well, they're still in mine, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, yeah. But but they'll they'll have that because again it's kind of a barrier. It gives them a chance to pause. Mm. It gives them a little bit yeah. of a chance. And so my reason for asking the question about what one prop is because and you can't have a coffee maker because you're making coffee. That's part of your equipment. But yeah. but the 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 prop brings out lots of different things. So for some people it is that barrier, and mm. for some people it's kind of you know, they can luxuriate in it, they can wrap themselves, it feels soft or bright or whatever it is. Mm. So a lot of people choose things like, you know, a large boa or yeah. you know, those kind of things because they can hide behind it, but they can also kind of dance with it. Right. Okay. Well, I like the idea, I know you talked about this, but, but and I don't know if this is the correct term, the uh, 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 baristas, is like, I think pinny is like the wrong term, but, but yeah, Maybe. like that kind of pinny. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. So I think that will probably be mine. Yeah, and what's fun about that is there's a tie on it, maybe, or maybe you know, the, you can design that in different ways. It can yes. cover your body, but it can also exactly. um, it can cover your body, but but it can reveal as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is that so, your why? Like that. Is something that you can kind of play with the the dimensions of your apron? Totally. So I like the fact that it it has those two elements to it, that, that and and actually that that could be the moment that that it's it's effectively covering and that it's not tight and it's not clingy, but then effectively it's sort of cheeky that there could be a turnaround and oh it's kind of revealing. There's a, a duality there, so I like that. That's wonderful, and that's why I asked that question. Is isn't so much about what the prop would be, but why, you know? Yeah. And so the yeah. the person who said pen, when I asked why, they were like, I don't know. I just feel more secure with it. And then you can dive mm. into what is it that's going on there? Why do you feel you need a barrier with your audience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah why I asked that question. Um, mm. My final think, yeah. question is going to mm. be, what would your stage name be? Please welcome mm. to the stage. Please welcome to the stage. I did say once it would be the fabulous conky, and in the West Indies, a conky is a sweet. It's like a cornmeal, and um, 
brown sugar and uh, um, raisins and someone's going to tell me I've got the recipe completely wrong but and it's made in a banana leaf as well um, uh, we tend to have them at uh, bonfire nights on Christmas so the, the fabulous conky nobody very few people know what I'm talking about but that would probably be my stage name a sweet something so so the, the characteristics that attract us to our stage name are the things that we that that are our strength mm. so whether that's you know kind of comfortable and it you know kind of reminds us of things where we feel secure or happy or whatever mm. it is you know also you're talking about the flavor and sweetness there's also well, that's some, a, a memory from childhood as well isn't it so that's uh, yeah kind of, yeah kind of, and there's also yeah. some quirkiness to it right which is okay. which is yeah. which is part of that whole kind of personality um some slight obscurity to it in it's terms obscure of exactly yeah 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 it's that. I, I, a lot of people would have to look that up they wouldn't know what that is and i kind of like like that as well but as i say it's a connection to a culture and, and, and to a, a childhood memory and, and yeah so it's, it's a lot of things there and i think you know we can use those stage names because we have our inner critic and mm. our inner critic will you know tell us all kinds of things that we're doing wrong or what mm -hmm. Whatever, whatever, however you talk to yourself, um, and for some of us, it goes in a little bit further into you know an imposter voice, but we also have uh, you know access to a lot of other voices, and mm. that that voice of being the fabulous conky is like you know what I am fierce, I am strong, I'm secure and safe, um, yeah. you know, and and you know being able to I love that you can tune into the senses of it being you know sweet tasting the smell yeah. those kind of things really can take us out of a state that can be unhealthy or unhelpful yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah definitely yeah and, and then, a lot of people need that yeah funky. I don't I don't have to I don't have to feel like this yeah 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 exactly I think um I believe it was somebody in the Reagan ad administration, which sounds like an odd thing to say, but there's a connection. And he said, whenever the press were talking about him or bad things were happening to him, he would he would tell himself they were talking about the character. It was George Steph Stephanopoulos, and he would say they're talking to a character. They're not. They're not. They're talking about him. They're not talking about me. So he would take it out, you know. And it is. It is. It is that kind of thing. And I'm sure a lot of actors do that as well. And 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 you know, it's it's they're, they're talking about the character. They're actually talking about me personally. Yeah. And that is important to remember, most especially for the context of this episode, which is about mm. being a camera. If there is discomfort, if you're worried about people judging you, if you're worried, you know, what, what will they say or think or do as a result of seeing you or hearing you, then you have to go back to thinking, okay, but that's what I'm saying, not me mm. as a person. That's Absolutely. my yeah. that's my message, or that you know they they disagree with my message. That doesn't mean that they dislike me as a person. Dislike, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. So don't 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 take it personally. It's never it's never personal. It's never personal because they really they don't know you. They even don't know you exactly. Yeah. 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 And what they think of you is their business. It's not really yours. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's their deal. That's yeah. their deal. Yeah. Any uh, any last minute favorite piece of advice that you've learned? Words of words of wisdom, Josh. In, in terms of being confident on camera, um, could say something trite like "be yourself." But um, but 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 really, but that's actually the the, the the truth of it. And that yeah, I think really fundamentally, be yourself because people don't act, don't 
perform, I know we just talked about performance, but that's a separate thing. What's really important is that you are yourself on camera. And if, <laughs> if there's something about you people don't like, then you can, you know, we can talk about that later. But if you're pretending to be someone else, just forget it. <laughs> you know, don't broadcast if you're performing and being somebody else. Be authentic. I think it's a really, really important thing. And don't rub your hands like this all the time because it's really distracting. But yeah, but be yourself. No, and I think it, uh, have have how do how do you manage fear, like stage fright? Well, I mean, you know, a lot of I've had as I've been on stage, and as many people say, there's that moment where you feel sick, um, and a lot of actors say, well, if you don't feel like that, then you're not going to perform well. I think you, I think you need that. I think that's an indication that actually it's going to be all right. So if you don't feel like that, there's something wrong. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about that part. If you don't fear it, then there's no point doing it actually. Like you, you, you have to have that moment, yeah. You have to have that moment, whatever you do, really. You, you've got because 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 you care. Because I'm going to let all these people down, or I'm not going to get it right, or I'm going to mess my line up, or like you have to have that. It, it, that like attention to detail and that care. So absolutely, the fear's got nothing to do. The fear has to be there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And it does mean that you care. So if you if you if yeah. you get those butterflies and go, yes, I care about this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good. Good thing. I mean, I, I've had, uh, you know, you take that to its extreme when I was at drama school. Uh, the head of the course said when she was a stage manager, she had to push someone on stage once. Then that's quite extreme. And it's quite a famous actor. And it sounds ridiculous, but it was almost, you know, and, and, and uh, she also told the story of, of I can say this probably, Richard, Richard Briers every night would come off stage and say, um, how was I? And she said, oh, it's going to do with me. But it, he wanted her to say, that was good. Yeah, you were good. I've done that a lot. I've done that a lot of times. Um, and it sounds like an odd thing to say to these people that you watch in, in television and films, but they all do the same thing. Was, yeah, they all want to know how they were. And if you don't have that, um, then you're not a good performer. I think you don't ever assume that, you know, you got it right, that you need that reassurance. You know, I, I often tell the story um, when I'm editing or producing motion graphics is that, you know, I will work and I'll be happy with the work and I, I, I don't present it until I'm happy with it. But that's not. You know, beyond that, there isn't anything. And what's happened is occasionally a client will come in or somebody will pass my desk and they look over my shoulder and say, oh, that's really good. And I'll wait till they've walked away and I'll look at it again and go, oh, actually, it's really good. Because I, it, that validation is actually really important. You don't get that all the time if you just work, you just do your work. But that moment, whether it's the act coming off stage or someone looking at my work is, is really nice. And that tension and the fear, I think, is all natural and really important. So don't run away from that because it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. And that's why it's important to have people around you as well that are supportive, that are your, you know, your cheerleaders. And uh, I've stage managed many um, cabaret shows. And there are two things that I always have to do. If the, if the performer makes eye contact with me right before they go on stage, because I am their last kind of lifeline before they go on stage mm -hmm. and perform, uh, particularly with burlesque, because it's very vulnerable, because we're often exposing mm -hmm. our body, uh, you know, they'll want to hear something like you look beautiful yeah of course absolutely yeah when they come off and i i i have worked many times with one of the uk's top top burlesque performers uh mm. just absolute powerhouse the beautiful cleopantha uh who will always come off and say was that okay i did my best mm. and yeah. it's almost a maternal moment for me to mm. you know, just just wrap them you know, with a with a hug and a and a you, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. They loved it. Listen to the applause. You know, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because our senses are so heightened when we're in that state 
that it's it's such a beautiful thing for somebody to be able to kind of gradually bring you back down so you can hear the applause or you can mm. hear the feedback or the comments or the yes. views or the likes or the whatever and it is not about the number of them it's just mm. about that that you connected with someone absolutely yeah and and, and on, under those circumstances correct me if i'm wrong but she's talking to somebody in the industry as well like she's talking to another performer so it's a different kind of validation and, and, and you know love that you're giving to her too so yeah Although I'm nowhere near that kind of level that that uh, that those performers are at, and I, you know, it's just such a privilege to be in their company, and they do, and the humbleness is more endearing. It makes them keep trying harder. It's not oh, I'm top five in the UK. I'm in the Brazil. Oh, yeah. I'm done sure. because that, yeah. that then turns confidence into arrogance, and we are not confident. Mm, <laughs> We're not arrogant through through cabaret at all. No. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So. Um, so I have loved this conversation. I really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to do this. Um, yeah, apologies, I keep looking over here just in case that, you know somebody starts buzzing me and I've got to yeah, run and, off and, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm well aware that you have many projects on the go right now and you are at lots of people's beck and calls. So thank you for taking yeah. time out of your day to do this. It is so yeah. appreciated. You're welcome. So valuable. Thank you. Thank you for having me, as I said. So, uh, I'm Heather Jean. This is Adrian Spencer. Uh, join us on confidencethroughcabaret.com. We have new masterclasses going up every month and our workshops. Uh, we are on all of the socials as Confidence Through Cabaret, with the exception of Twitter, which is at YBYWYS. And Clubhouse, I am at Heather YBYWYS. And we have Confidence and Attitudes as the Clubhouse Club. So join us. Mm -hmm. You know, please like and subscribe if you're watching this on uh, YouTube. Check out the Confidence with Coffee segment, which comes out every Thursday, following uh, the vodcast or podcast episode coming out every Wednesday. Adrian, thank you once again. Join thank me you. in thank sharing you. We, what we talk about why our letters are Y-B-Y-W-Y-S. Why are they? Tell me. <laughs> Those beautiful <laughs> letters stand for it is your body and it is your world. And it's your stage. Take up space and own it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.